Hello and welcome to All Things Yoga. I'm Hilary Lockwood. So I've totally missed you guys. Hi y'all. Um, I just had my 11th surgery. 11, that's a real number. <laughs> um, but I'm doing great. I'm back on my mat a little bit per my doctors. Okay. I'm a little stubborn, but I'm going really slow and being really sweet about it. Um, but it feels great to be back on my mat. Yoga is an amazing thing, you guys. I don't know how to express that more. It's the fact that I have had this much done to my body and it still gets on the mat and does what it does is really sometimes just crazy to me and fascinating. I'm super, super grateful. Um, all right. Today's episode is called It's Not Yoga's Fault! Exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> so I say this all the time. I say this in my class. I say this uh, to in conversations with teachers in private session. I think it's really easy to get very wrapped up in an idea or an expectation of something and make it a little bigger or unrealistic than it actually is. Meaning, yoga wants you to show up as you are. Yoga wants you to be honest. And if that day the practice is ugly, if you feel over the years you've lost progress or muscle mass or whatever, welcome to getting older, um, it's easy to then turn it around and say it's yoga's fault, that it's the fault of the practice, that the practice isn't doing something for you that you believed it was supposed to be doing. Listen, you're going to get out of your practice what you give. And if you come in frustrated, if you come in full of expectation from the years before or the day before or five minutes before, you're going to find that there is a level of disappointment there. Just try as best you can to be where you are. The practice will unravel and take care of itself from that point. This conversation that I've had lately with people is about the history of yoga and so much proof of the abuse of power. This is true I, and it sucks and I'm really sad about it. But here's the thing. If you're using this abuse of power and the manipulation of minds as an excuse or a reason to not do something, you literally wouldn't be able to leave your house. You guys, this is really sad, but it's really true. You wouldn't be able to work in corporate America. You wouldn't be able to eat in a restaurant. This abuse of power has been happening since the beginning of time. And it continues to happen. I think our eyes are more open to it now. Um, there have been a lot of movements in that direction, but no, we're not there yet. And 
a lot of this sort of eye-opening, these eye-opening realizations, they're coming from the realization that people have done this in the past. Some still here, some gone. But sadly, I'm sure it's still happening, right? I'm going to use Bikram as the prime example because he was clearly outed um, in one of the biggest ways. This is not okay. It's absolutely not okay to take whatever you do for a living, teacher, mentor, parent, it doesn't matter, and abuse that power in such a way that it's power over and use it to manipulate others' minds. In yoga, we come in and we want to feel safe. And we want to feel loved and cared for. And that level of trust gets built as well it should. But in the process of that, I will say to you, no matter where you practice, no matter who you practice with, be mindful. Know that at the end of the day, you always, always have a choice. You always, always get to choose to do or not to do something. You get to choose to say yes or no to an adjustment, to rubbing a teacher's feet, again, Bikram, to something possibly much worse. You get to say yes or no. And however heartbreaking that may be for you to do, because it is your guru, because it is your teacher, because you loved and trusted, you have a choice. That's important to know. So if you're feeling stuck in something now, empower yourself to simply say no. And maybe that means rolling up your mat and leaving that room, period. You have the choice. What makes me really sad is when people start to use this abuse of power as the reason they don't come back to their mats or the reason that they've fallen out of love with their yoga. Again, you guys, I'm going to say in corporate America, in almost every religion, in almost every spiritual culture, there has been sadly this abuse of power. It isn't the lineage It isn't the tradition of these practices. It's the people. It's us. It's human beings that fuck it up. It's human beings that take it and do good or do bad with it. The integrity of that lineage becomes then how it's expressed through the individual human being, that teacher, that guide, that mentor, that parent, whomever it is. It is our responsibility as students and teachers alike, not only to be expressing that lineage in the most honest ways that we feel it in our souls, in the most honest ways that we can for the students, the, the, the whatever disciples, the employees, every aspect of life, the children to then decide what to do with that information because all of us interpret all history in a different way. All of us are going to interpret the Yoga Sutras in the way that makes the most sense for us in the moment that we're in, period. 
I've been in my same suture book since I was 18 years old and they have changed, <laughs> but they haven't. I've changed. And in the process of me changing, of course they've changed, right? Because I've grown as a practitioner. I've grown as a human being. I've grown. in all aspects of my life and of my humanness. It's important to recognize that the integrity that is given in these oldest histories of yoga, the Upanishads, the Dhammapada, you know, these are some of my favorites. They talk about this depth of love, this understanding that love is so much about recognizing an individual understanding of where we come from as yogis and in this history the reason that it's still here is that love and i think for the the small handful of people that damage this abuse of power, there is so much good, so much love in this practice that wants community, that wants humanness, that wants love and care of tribe, of Sangha as a whole. You know, something I talk about when I teach is when we're all sitting in that opening meditation and I say, you know, think about all of the yogis right now doing exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing all over the world. Yoga is so much more than getting on your mat. It is that humanness. And shame on anyone who abuses that power. Shame on anyone that chooses to use that as power over Shame on them. But the moment that they do that, what you have to understand is that that moment, it is no longer yoga. They are no longer yogic. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all screw up. We all do things maybe we regret. We all have things to apologize for. But the yoga still takes us as we are if we are able to be among and not above with every single teacher parent of anything be among do not believe for one second that you are above i can understand you guys losing love for your practice I can. Life gets frustrating. Believe me, I know that. And it gets very challenging. And in the face of those challenges, as your practice changes and maybe is something that you consider to be worse than it was, it's easier to remove from your mat. It's easier. It just is. And sometimes we remove because meditation shows us something scary. Meditation shows us a realization of something that 
we've been through in our lives, something that we didn't realize happened, something in us maybe that isn't as beautiful or as good or as kind as we believed it to be. And so we remove. That removal is avoidance. That's aversion. And that's not helping you heal. Healing can only happen in present moment process. And that means sitting with being in where you are. And sometimes that is so hard. You guys, on my Instagram, All Things Yoga podcast, I posted the picture of my last surgery. I have been 11 times carved open. And it is hard coming back. It's exciting, almost. I I should rephrase that. It's not hard coming back. It's exciting coming back. It's hard recovering. It's hard staying down. And if you're anything like me, the down part of the process is horrible. I hate pain meds. I feel completely out of my own space. I'm going to say out of control. Clearly, that's a control issue. I literally, the day after the surgery, and if you look at that photo, it's insane. I had drains coming out of both sides of my belly. The surgery was to remove the last pieces of metal fragments that were in my abdominal cavity. That's a whole other story. I actually legally cannot tell. (laughs) Uh, But if you look at those photos, this surgery was crazy. And for me, I don't think I felt this down, like physically down, since probably my first and fifth neck dissections. And those I barely remember because you try not to hold that kind of um, pain. You try not to hold those uh, remembrances (laughs) yogically because it's not good to hold them. Why would I want to remember the most pain, physical pain I've ever been in? Not to mention the level of absolute fear, et cetera, et cetera. This time I wasn't afraid, but so I'm on pain meds because I had to be, and I'm completely, literally out of my mind. And I guess I got up the day, not up, I couldn't even sit up, but I struggled to lean up the day after surgery and put on put on press on nails okay there are so many things wrong with this <laughs> that i can't even begin but i find it hilarious one because it shows my need for physical anatomical control of something which is interesting because I really thought I had sort of settled into letting that go. And I, and I think I have a bit, but clearly not all the way. But also, it shows my level of maybe vanity at that point. Because my, I 
dip my nails and my nails had to be taken off for surgery. So what a weirdo. I mean, like the things we do, right? To feel like we have some kind of control. But when you peel that down, when you peel the onion, this is about survival. This is about survival. This is the, I don't want to die. I'm in extreme pain that my body doesn't really even know what to do with. It's really interesting for a yogi who uses bandhas all the time. So this internal core space is our core. Literally, it's our everything. We use it to breathe in the world. It's not just on the mat that we use these pieces. It's everywhere. And so when you can no longer use those particular muscles because you can't, because they've been sawed into and have to figure out how to seam themselves back together, uh, it's wild. And so the things that I was trying to do that I really couldn't do were, you know, for me created, and I'm on pain meds, so I don't realize this at the time, but this level of survival, instinctual fear. And you guys, I think this happens every time we remove from the mat. It's not yoga's fault. You can blame it on the history. You can blame it on this. You can blame it on that. You can blame it on surgery. You can blame it on illness. You can blame it on uh, loss. You can blame it on grief. You can blame, 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 but that's not helping you heal. Yoga wants you to heal. You guys, in the process of this surgery, on a Saturday, things that seem so simple or silly to some people, on the first Saturday that I felt actually sort of able to be up and around, maybe three weeks in, no, four weeks in, because it's only, anyways, four, let's say four and a half weeks in, anyways, uh, my mama on the Saturday put her dog down, which was super sad. We all loved that baby, JC. That Sunday, our sweet friend, Perry, who went through so much in his physical body, left the world. Then on Monday, we had to put our sweet baby, Luke, down, which was very sudden. Our lab was 11. He had diarrhea, a stomach ache. He ate a bag of truffles. That's what we thought was the problem because, you know, I had tinfoil and plastic and, and we find out literally that same day that he has leukemia everywhere. He's just, his blood is just cancerous all over. And so the suggestion was to put him down that day. Um, this place is so amazing. And we were able to bring him home. They said, take him home, give him cheeseburgers. My boys came over and that's what we did. And then he was gone the same day. If I didn't have my meditation and it, if I didn't have my yoga in every aspect, 
I don't know how I would be able to do all the things that we have to do. And we all have to do them. I don't, I don't corner the market on sadness or suffering. We all have it. I'm, I remember feeling that time between my fourth and fifth neck dissections where my brother went missing and I'm calling hospitals and morgues and we're trying to find him and finding out months later how brutally my brother was murdered, shot in the head, cut into pieces, trying to do that and process trying to stay alive myself you guys we, yoga will help you you just have to let it and again you can have a million different excuses and you can blame a million different things for coming off your mat get your ass on your mat recovery addiction trauma abuse sadness grief Everything becomes a little easier if you find this place on your mat to process. Movement, asana, is tremendously helpful because things start to move through us. The body needs to be able to move things through. And that could be a walk. That could be whatever you choose. And again, I say it's okay if you fall out of love with your yoga because it's my lifeline. And the lifeline that so many use doesn't mean that it has to be yours, but find something. Because our lives and the things that we go through and the things that we hold, they need to be moved through us. Asana moves them through. Meditation sits you in it. And both are equally important. The aversion doesn't help you. It's why aversion is one of the subsidiary. It's, it's well, it's a full klesha. It's dvesha, right? Uh, we have to understand that aversion is an obstacle. Please, please don't use someone else's misbehavior or abuse of your power, abuse of their power, please, please don't let that stop you from you being the best, most expressive version of you. Yeah. I needed a silent, still moment there, I think. Life is hard. Yoga is hard. Yoga is not going to be easy. Except for on those days that your life feels easy. And it will. There will be those days, I promise. There will be great joy and great movement, and amazing explorations, and discoveries, and openings. But you have to just trust that none of it is yoga's fault. It loves you. <laughs> 
All right, you guys have such an incredible day. Please follow All Things Yoga Podcast. Uh, That's our Instagram as well. I just started that Instagram, so please, please follow. Um, All Things Yoga Conference is coming up. I'm super excited about that. That is October 6th through 8th. This is in West Town, uh, the Hive on Hubbard uh, in Chicago, Illinois. We will have uh, nine amazing nationwide, world-renowned teachers, live music. My drummer is coming in from South America. Uh, There'll be lots of lecture and discussion and just an amazing weekend of yoga. Something that I keep saying is you pay about this much money for one of these teachers for a full weekend. You're paying this much for exposure to nine teachers, to nine perspectives, to a really transformative weekend. This is an Eventbrite event. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite at All Things Yoga Conference. Um, Hopefully we will see you there. Shanti, Shanti. Top Yoga teacher training begins in June. This is 200 hour. The 500 hour does immediately follow fall. Both locations, Wicker Park and Lakeview. I'm happy to say my program is over three decades old. We focus on philosophy, anatomy, alignment, adjustments, Sanskrit, sequencing intuitively so that your students get what they need in that room. If you want information or you have questions, go to hilltopyoga.com. This is also where you can apply. See you soon.